Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? So you have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it right. You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, here we go. We're literally. We are on, <laughs> on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner. And the fat man. He says, man. You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. I'm your host, Mark Pulos, as always. This week, I am down in Jacksonville, Florida, doing the APCA College National Showcase. It's pretty exciting, you know. A lot of colleges here looking for talent so they can bring it to their students. And people that don't know, there's about, uh, uh, I guess, four major facets of stand-up comedy. There's the uh, club show where you go to a comedy club. There is a corporate show where a company will bring you in to do stand-up at like an award show or a Christmas party or something. There is college shows where colleges will bring you in to do comedy for their students. And then the bottom of the barrel is like what we call a one-nighter, where you go to a bar or a restaurant or a hotel and you do uh, one show there for not a lot of money. And usually it's usually one of the most horrible shows out there, but... uh, it's tough because I think you get all kinds and all different kinds of uh, facets of this business. Like, I've done some college shows that are really brutal. Um, I talked about one of them on my podcast a while back for the the ride home from Lake Forest College. It was kind of rough. You know, I got heckled and some lady stole the microphone off the, the stage. But uh, in general colleges is kind of where I want to be right now so I'm out here trying to do that one of the things I want to do accomplish in my next level of my career so that is what I'm doing however this podcast is uh, going to be focusing on uh, a few stories from my dealings with uh, air travel Because I think it's interesting to hear my point of view about flying on planes being a 6'7 and 350-pound guy. Um, Flying on an airplane is not easy for me. I usually uh, have to try to get an exit row seat or an abutment seat so there's a little bit longer leg room. Um, In recent times, just because... uh, of the tickets that I'd have to buy and and the time frames and stuff, I'm usually not able to get the exit row seat or the abutment seat anymore. So I basically uh, just try to get an aisle seat or a window seat. 
and uh in those scenarios it makes it even worse um flying out here i flew uh, an airline called southwest and i don't know if you've ever flown southwest before um there's a bunch of things that they do right and there's a bunch of things that uh are kind of baffling that they do i like the fact that they didn't buy into the whole um they have to pay to check your bag now i can't imagine the amount of money the airlines have made off of that fucking thing one day one guy's like yeah i think we should charge them 25 bucks if they want to check a bag on the airplane well that makes a lot of sense now everybody's trying to stuff like seven days of clothes and things into a carry-on bag and then everybody's fighting with each other to try to get you know the overhead bins and then it gets to the point where you can't even put the suitcases in anymore so now they're checking the bags for free at the tarmac there's been a lot of times where i've just taken my bag and said it's a carry-on and then got down there and just checked it at the gate and they put it on the plane for free i'm like i don't know why more people don't do that but uh so they don't charge for bags which i like um but what they do is um they don't assign seats to anybody on the plane they just board it in three different groups there's the a group the b group and the c group and people joke that if you're in the c group that means c for center like it's going to be a center seat no matter what and it happens you know i've only seen it a few times where somebody in a c group has gotten an aisle seat or a window seat it's mostly center seats and what's funny is like the first section of people that come on the plane you know they're they sit down pretty easily because the plane's half empty so it's just like they're just deciding if they want a window or an aisle and what row they want to go in but as the plane gets more and more full and now we're down to the center seats um becomes a really fun game i love to watch every time called who are the two whack jobs i want to sit between for this flight is pretty much it and what's funny on the flight the connecting flight from atlanta to jacksonville right across the aisle from me uh there was a couple and uh one was in the aisle and one was in the window and i don't want to make any disparaging comments but let's be honest there shouldn't have been a middle seat between them they were quite robust people and this poor tiny college kid was the last one to get on the plane and that was the last seat on the plane the plane was oversold so here he goes trying to squeeze in between these two ham hocks of people and he was just smushed between them for the whole flight but you know i I understand that courtesy has kind of gone out the window on certain airplanes. You know, you find somebody on an airplane, like a, a flight attendant or stewardess, whatever the hell they call themselves now, that is really courteous and they really love their job. And there's other people that they're just done with people at a certain point in the day. You know, and I feel like our connecting flight from Atlanta to Jacksonville was part of that because at one point, there was just like a cluster of people on the plane that had never flown southwest before and they didn't understand that there weren't seat assignments that you're just supposed to grab a seat when you see it and they're all just milling about in the aisle like oh do i want to go over here or 
oh, that guy looks kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. This lady smells like ham. Uh, I don't know. And the lady got on the PA and she's like, everybody, all the aisles and all the windows are gone. It's all center seats. Just pick a center seat and get it over with. We want to get out of here on time. And the flight was like 47 minutes from Atlanta to Jacksonville, and they still did uh, a beverage service, which I was amazed by. It was like the fastest beverage service I've ever seen in my life. They just like shot the cart down the aisle and were tossing Cokes and, and apple juices at people. And literally they got to the end of the plane and they were like, we are making our approach into Jacksonville. We're coming through to grab all your cups. It's like, you know, they handed me a glass of Coke with some ice in it and I took two sips and they dumped it into a trash bag. I was like, well, I appreciate that. That was pretty nice. Thank you. And I think the funniest thing about a plane is me and the airport bathroom or the airplane bathroom because most of the time if it's a really long flight and by long I mean if it's over like two hours at some point I'll have to get up and kind of stretch my legs and they frown upon you just standing in the aisle and milling so I pretend like I need to use the bathroom and I just kind of go in there and and do some stretching and stuff and just kind of hang out in there and kill some time you know and and then I'll come out just go back down to, but it's funny to go down the aisle towards the bathroom and seeing everybody look at me and basically in their eyes saying, yeah, right, like you're going to fit in the bathroom. And I'll get in there, you know, I have to cock my head sideways just to stand up straight in there. And, and those bathrooms always make me laugh. I'm like, I don't know how a person that's not five foot three and a hundred pounds uses those bathrooms. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. There's been many a times where I really, really had to pee and it's just like not ergonomically correct in there for me to pee like if I was going to pee in there I'd basically be peeing all over the back wall because it's just like impossible for me to to hit the toilet between my legs or whatever and I'm not gonna lie might grow some people out I have pissed in the airplane sink before sorry I've said it it happens, you know. It's better than pissing my pants, I'm not going to lie. But uh, there was a while back that uh, I was really short on cash. We were trying to save for the baby, and I was flying someplace for a gig, and this newer airline that I'd heard of called Spirit um, has just kind of come out in the last couple of years, and they're kind of toting themselves as the real like discount airplane. Like you can get a round trip ticket for like two hundred bucks anywhere, but you have to kind of read the fine print with them because that includes nothing. Like the drinks on the plane are like three bucks. Um, if you bring a carry on, on it's like ten bucks. You check a bag, it's twenty five. Um, if you want to go to the gate and devil may care on what your seat assignment is, you don't have to pay any money. Um, but if you want an aisle seat, it's like five bucks. If you want a window, it's like 10. If you want the exit row, it's like 35. It's just like all these charges keep jacking up on top of themselves. And I didn't know that. Um, so I ended up having to pay all the fees for everything. And the trip ended up costing me 350 bucks anyways, which would have been with a normal airline. And the, and the great bonus and the caveat to Spirit 
is they don't have that many planes. So nine times out of ten, they do a lot of cancellations, which scared the shit out of me because I'm like, if I don't get there, I don't get paid. And I'm just praying that I see a plane roll up and go up to the tarmac so I don't have to sit in the airport for years on end. But um, there was a time that we took my dad to Vegas that was probably the best time I've ever had at the airport because he was, um, you know, not that good at walking on his own. So we were kind of using a wheelchair. And if you have a person in a wheelchair, like you go to the front of line everywhere. And uh, we were just kicking ass and taking names, you know. But uh, I think one of the most, one of the scary, two of the scariest flights I ever took, um, one was I was working at the Funny Bone in Richmond, Virginia. And I took a flight to Philadelphia, and then I took a connecting from Philadelphia to Richmond, and it was kind of like one of those prop drop, like prop job planes, you know, had some props on the side of it. And it's kind of weird when you go from Philadelphia to Richmond because Richmond's like on the other side of the mountains, so you kind of fly up and then go down over the mountains towards Richmond, and when we got to the top of the mountain and came around, like, I don't know what happened, but the plane dropped, I would say, about 12 stories in, like, three seconds. And good thing we all had our seatbelts on because we went straight up in the air, and then uh, and then the plane kind of caught itself and whatever, but I almost shit my pants. I was like, that was the scariest thing I'd ever been a part of because, you know, they talk about turbulence, you know, tearing planes apart. It's fucking scary, man. I think the scariest flight I ever had, and I don't know to this day why we did it, but uh, I was in Vegas with my buddy Jeff, and we were just hanging out in the room, and I think it was like True TV or something was doing like the world's most sh- shocking or craziest plane crashes. And we're flying out in like three hours and we're watching the show. And I'm like, halfway through it, I'm like, why are we watching this? We're flying tomorrow. And my buddy Jeff's like, yeah, shut that shit off. I'm too drunk for this. And then we were all freaked out the next day when we had to fly out. So we went to the bar and decided to have like a bunch of drinks and get drunk and get on the plane. And that way we wouldn't care. But what happened was we had to stop drinking like 40 minutes before the flight and then we got on the flight and uh we started to sober up and it was even worse and i was like what the hell are we doing but there was another time where i was working in denver and i don't know if you if you're listening to this and you remember it was like a couple years ago over christmas denver got hit by a huge snowstorm which shut the airport for like eight days I literally was on the the last plane that left Denver before they shut the airport. It was crazy. I was watching that watching that coverage all week just thinking to myself, "Oh my god, I could have been stuck in that for days." And I was like, "Holy shit." But uh I think the first time that I took Southwest where I didn't get it either you know, being an idiot. I just did Southwest and I got there and everybody's explaining to me that like, oh, there's no seat assignments. You just get on the plane and grab a seat. And I was like, oh, how does it go? And they said, you know, it's A group, B group, C group. And then I looked at my boarding pass and I was like, 
it's like 60 people per boarding group so it's like a one through 60 b one through 60 so i looked at my boarding pass and i was like c 57 i was like oh my god so i walked on the plane and like the first aisle was like two little old ladies one was in the window one was in the aisle and one was reading and the other one was knitting and i was like well maybe i'll take the seat in the middle and one of them will be like oh you don't have to sit there like why don't you take the window or the aisle no they both sat there the whole flight with this giant guy in between them the one lady was laying on the the window reading her book and the other lady was like hanging out in the aisle knitting socks or something but one of the the cool things that I figured out about an airplane and and it was like a guy showed me at one time is if you're sitting in the aisle on the armrest of the aisle there's a little button underneath it that you can push back and it'll actually lift the arm on the airplane seat which is killer if the person next to you in the middle seat is big and they're kind of spilling over onto you you just pop that arm up and you can kind of sit side saddle in the aisle until somebody walks down and then you can move back in it's basically saved me for air travel because the seats are so narrow like the the arm on the seat just digs into my side and it's fucking horrible but uh yeah let's see i can't think of uh i'm trying to think of some more stories about airline oh and this is another great thing so i put you know i was gonna check my bag on this trip so i went and i bought um like a luggage lock you know and they say on the thing that it's a tsa approved luggage lock where they have keys for it and they can unlock it and check your bag and then put the f and lock back on your suitcase my suitcase comes out of the thing and the fucking lock isn't on there they either took my lock or they forgot to put it back on i'm like oh you gotta be shitting me i paid like 12 bucks for those two little locks i mean at least i've got an extra one at home but if i didn't i'd still be really pissed but what am i gonna do like they forgot to put my luggage lock back on oh all right we'll send you 11 dollars, asshole and i'm like there was one time um i can't remember where i was going but i i actually had to check two bags i had to check a bag of merchandise and i had to check my guitar as i feel like i got booked to do a show someplace and they wanted me to play the guitar and i'm like i don't know how musicians go on airplanes and check their guitar every time i was like what a bulky silly thing i mean I wouldn't have the money, but I was like, if I was a musician, I would just like get to a city and go to a guitar center and buy a, or a pawn shop and buy a used guitar when I get there. This is just a pain in the ass. And I got there and I couldn't find my, I couldn't find my guitar and it was off in some separate room. And that's, that drives me crazy too about the, uh, the luggage stuff. Cause it's like, it seems like the airlines are so aloof about it. Like, man, eh, we lost your luggage. What are you going to do? We'll find it at some point. Oh, thanks. So I get to wear the same fucking underwear for three days. I appreciate it. There was one time where um, I took Frontier and I flew into Vegas. And uh, 
all the luggage came out and then the the carousel shut off which is great that's when you know you're fucked when the carousel shuts off and you haven't got your bag yet and they make an announcement like uh we really apologize but one of the containers of uh bags we can't find it so i was like oh for christ's sakes so the lady goes raise your hand if you were on this flight and you didn't have you're, and you don't have your bag. And I, I swear it was like 36 people were standing there with their arms up. And she was like, oh, my God. So she goes, um, if you want to, you know, you can just put your name on this clipboard uh, with a phone number. And then you can go and we'll give you a call when we find your bag or whatever. And a lot of people were just done traveling. They wanted to get to Vegas and do whatever so they just wrote their names down real quick and then ran off. I, on the other hand, was like, I'm not going anywhere without my bag. And literally, I think 20 of the 36 people wrote their names down and left. And then there was like some dude on the thing that was like, oh, we found it. It was like hanging out by this potted plant over here. We're sending the rest of the bags through. So they sent the rest of the bags through and I got mine. And literally on the flight home... Uh, I got into Minneapolis and the same thing happened. All the bags came out and then it stopped and like 30 people didn't have their bags. And the lady's like, this is unprecedented. And I said to the lady, I said, you know, when we flew into Vegas, the same thing happened. And it turned out that it was on a cart that didn't have a frontier insignia on it. So they, they ended up losing it. And I swear she called back there and said what I said, and they fucking found the cart full of suitcases. Boom on me. Thank you so much. But it's uh, it's hard to travel. Like, it, it terrifies me. It gives me so much anxiety to, to see those parents that are traveling with, like, little kids, like two or three little kids, and they got the car seats and the strollers and putting their babies through the thing and whatever you know my wife talks about a lot like taking our daughter willow on some trips some places and it gives me so much anxiety to think about us at the airport with a toddler trying to get through security and keeping her calm on an airplane for two and a half hours like Oh, God, it's making my stomach hurt right now. But uh, I know at some point it's got to happen. You know, we can't. She's got to go across country to see her relatives and stuff. But uh, I'm hoping against hope that uh, that'll be when she's like five and she can sit quietly and read a book, you know. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll be before then, but uh Yeah. So in summary, me and airplanes, not a good fit, you can imagine. And if you're walking down the aisle and you see that you have to sit next to me on the airplane, just know that I understand the space issues and I'm pretty courteous about it. And uh, I don't smell like ham, so you don't have to worry about that. I appreciate you tuning in to the podcast. You can always get it at Podbean or iTunes and uh, uh, my website, largedrunkman.com. Got some new shirts up there. Check them out. 
And uh, tune in next time when we talk about who knows. planes they complain they get off the plane they come to your house and they tell you about their whole flight experience and they make it sound like it was fucking a, a cattle car in poland in the 40s they just make it that was the worst day of my life i had to sit on the runway for 40 minutes that's a story in this country that's a fucking hardship that you had to sit on the runway People will listen to that story. They'll stop doing the dishes and turn around and go, oh my God, really? For 40 minutes? That's awful. You should sue them. I had to sit on the runway for 40 minutes. Oh my God, really? What happened then? Did you fly through the air like a bird? Incredibly? Did you soar into the clouds impossibly? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight and then land softly on giant tires that you couldn't even conceive how they fucking put air in them? How dare you bitching about flying? I had to pay for my sandwich. You're flying! You're sitting in a chair in the sky! Greek myth right now. But it doesn't go back very far, and I'm sort of squishing my knees. The Wright brothers would kick us all right in the cunt if they knew. If, if you could go back in time to Orville Wright and go, hey, dude, I had to sit on the runway for 40 minutes. And he'd be like, oh shit, well, let's not even bother then. <laughs> hey, Wendell, shut it down. They make you wait for a bit. That hardly seems worth it. There's always delays. That's what everybody complains about. There's always delays when I fly. Really? Delays. It's too slow. Air travel's too slow. New York to California in six hours. They used to take 30 years. <laughs> do that and a bunch of you would die on the way there you get shot in the neck with an arrow and you go oh, and fall down and the other passengers would just bury you and put a stick there with your hat on it and keep walking and one of them would fuck your wife and have three babies and all the old people would die you'd be a whole different group of people by the time you got to california Now you watch an Adam Sandler movie and you take a big runny dump and you're there.